Bonjour, good morning. Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. So first in English and then in French. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Now in French. Jésus le vit couché. Et quand il apprit qu'il était là depuis si longtemps, il lui demanda, « Veux-tu être guéri ?»« Maître, répondit le malade, je n'ai personne pour m'aider à aller dans la piscine quand l'eau est agitée. Et quand j'essaye d'y aller, un autre y va avant moi. »« Eh bien, lui dit Jésus, lève-toi, prends ta natte et marche. » À l'instant même, il fut guéri. Il prit sa natte et s'en alla. Jesus asked a particularly interesting question to the disabled man by the pool of Bethesda. Do you want to get well? Some translations say, do you want to be cured? And some translations say, do you want to be healed? This man was disabled and had been lying by the pool of Bethesda for 33 years. He was waiting for someone, anyone, to take him to the pool where he believed he would be healed if he could only get into that pool. I found it interesting that the name Bethesda means kindness, grace, and favor. He may have been seeking grace at this pool, but it is Jesus who gives grace and not this pool. Once a year, though, it was said that an angel would come and stir the pool and the lucky person who got into it first would be healed. Anyway, Jesus was passing by this man. He stopped and asked him if he willed to be well. And one translation says, do you wish to get well? The original Greek does not use the word want to be healed, but if he willed to get well, not want. And there is a difference. We assume the man wanted to get well, but willing is different. 
He also was saying he couldn't get into the water because others wouldn't take him to the pool. So maybe he was shifting or putting some blame on others, which happens to some people who feel that they are always the victim in whatever circumstance. My friend in Tokyo calls this type of mentality the spirit of victimhood. Perhaps he was being passive about his situation. We don't really know what was going on in his mind or heart, but the difference between will and want is that wanting is wishing, wanting is passive, whereas willing is decisive. You have to have the will, the will to, for the want to, to work. God's will and desire for us is that we be made whole, and that includes healing and good health. But there is also a difference between healing and being cured. Jesus can make us whole, but we may not be cured of whatever disease or disability that we have. Being cured and being made whole are not the same. My friend Susan, who was my roommate in seminary before my husband Toshi, was both blind and had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. So she wasn't whole physically, but she was very much whole spiritually. People in a coma could be made whole spiritually, yet never come out of their coma. People may have their hearts healed, but their illness or situation may stay the same. This man, in Bethesda, well, he might have needed to have his heart healed as well as to be healed physically, especially if he had been suffering and bitter so long. As I said, he could have been blaming other people or blaming God for his situation over the years. When Jesus cured him, when Jesus made him whole, Jesus healed the pain, perhaps, that he held in his heart as well. And this is what Jesus does. Heals people in more ways than one. This month, for our theme for the preachers, is healing of broken hearts. Hearts of people who have had pain and unhappiness in their lives. Hearts that may need healing. Sometimes there are wounds or scars in our hearts that are from years ago. And we still carry around. Sometimes even churches hold on to a collective pain from the past and need healing. Everywhere there are people who need some kind of healing. Sanya in Tokyo is a place where day laborers gather. And it's considered to be a slum in Tokyo. Sanya, perhaps, can be compared to Tamagasaki in Osaka. My good friend Carol Sack in Tokyo who has played the harp for us sometimes on our online services and for other gatherings, and she's been to Kobe Union Church visiting us a, a few times. She works at a place called Kibo no Ie, that means House of Hope, and it's a hospice for the homeless. Well, there's also a Kibo no Ie in Kamagasaki for the homeless as well, but there they are doing rehab and helping them to get their lives back together, and that's one of the places that we support through our KUC Global Missions, but it's no relation to the Kibonoe in Tokyo. In the past, when I lived in Tokyo, I'd gone there with Carol once in a while. 
She plays her pastoral harp for the homeless men who are often dying and have had broken lives. So many of them carry around the pain of shame. They may have left their family due to the loss of their jobs, economic difficulties, alcoholism, many reasons. Carol's pastoral music brings healing to their soul and helps guide them when they are ready to die to the everlasting arms of God. There is nothing God cannot forgive, and Carol's harp indeed brings them peace. On March 11, 2011, in Tohoku, there was a huge earthquake, and we even felt it in Tokyo where I was living. I'll share the story about what happened when I was in Tokyo when the quake was felt and how hard it was for us even in Tokyo, and I'll do that sometime in March. But days and weeks after the earthquake, so many people had broken hearts due to the loss of family, friends, and homes, and their way of life. I was living in Tokyo, as I said, so I went to Tohoku frequently to assist with an agency called Tohoku Help, an ecumenical organization that was ministering to people who had suffered from the earthquake, tsunami, and radiation exposure. The head of Tohoku Help at that time was Reverend Kawakami, and Kawakami-sensei has also come to this church before and visited us and preached here. This was back when Reverend Bruce Bradburn was the pastor. Tohoku Help looked for many ways to help the people, and what they were doing was kokoro no care, care of the heart, since so many were hurting. One of the many projects that they did was they started an organization called Kokoro Knit, which helped women by getting them together in a community to share their stories and knit together. They carried so much pain in their hearts, so kokoro no pain was truly needed. Some of the people also carried the pain of anger in their hearts as they were not happy with the Japanese government's response. That is part of the reason why the Monk Cafe was started. Here you can see a slide of the Monk Cafe. The Monk Cafe was a cute name because they had both um, a Christian pastor and a Buddhist monk, a priest, there to do counseling in a van that moved from place to place and provided coffee and was sort of a moving cafe. People could go and do monku, 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 which means complain, complain, complain. And all they wanted was a safe place to be able to do that. And so they would complain to the pastors or to God or they could share their grief and frustrations with others who were there. By doing this, some of the victims of the Tohoku triple disaster could heal their hearts at this cafe. But it took time. Grief is one of the most difficult pains to heal in one's heart. In many cases, it never goes away. Well, perhaps we need a Moko Cafe at Kobe Union Church for our community and for those who do carry pain and grief. Another story I'd like to share is my friend Roby in Hawaii, where I once lived and was a pastor many years ago. Roby's mentally challenged daughter had been murdered while waiting at a bus stop in Honolulu. 
and Rovi could not forgive the person who killed her. She carried the pain for many years in her heart, but she finally forgave the killer, and she let go of her anger. Now, she didn't forgive for his sake, but for her sake. She needed to, to heal, but she needed time to heal. The time became right for her to do this, and she started the healing process. Now, healing can never be rushed, and different people will have different timelines to let go of their pain. It's really not the same for everyone, and some people might need a lifetime. For Roby, she needed about 15 years. Later on, she went to seminary, and she became a pastor in Hawaii, and she specialized in helping others who had gone through tough times and pain in their lives. She became what theologian Henry Nouwen called a wounded healer. Now this next slide you'll see is of Kintsugi. Kintsugi is the Japanese art of putting broken party, uh, pottery pieces back together with gold. And it's built on the idea that in embracing flaws, and imperfections, you can create an even stronger, more beautiful piece of pottery. Every break is unique, and instead of repairing an item, like new, this over 400-year-old technique, actually highlights the scars as part of the design. In hearing about Kintsugi, I thought about the gold medal repairing the cracks in our lives as a symbol of the love of Jesus Christ who repairs our hearts and brings light and love into our lives. The cracks remain, but the pottery can be useful and made whole again in a different way. Jesus does this for us, makes us whole, even with our cracks, scars, pain, and broken hearts. We hold these treasures in earthen vessels, clay pots, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. These earthen vessels, or clay pots, are human bodies, which, like earthen vessels, are subject to decay and destruction. The treasure is the human heart that is being transformed by the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. This treasure, it's the light. In 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 4, verse 6, we read, For it is God who said, Let light shine out of the darkness who has shown in our hearts. This is the light of Jesus Christ. As earthen vessels, or in some translations, clay pots, or crack pots, we have the potential to be made whole. Recognizing that we are cracked pots means living with weaknesses, fallibilities, and vulnerabilities, and that's okay. It means knowing that we are imperfect, and that's okay too. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You find that verse in Psalm 34, verse 18. God loves us. God will find ways to make us whole. We may remain with our cracks, but we can live by grace and faith. A supported, loving faith community helps God's Holy Spirit helps with healing. Our faith and prayer help with healing. God's light will shine in our hearts, 
even though the cracks and scars are still there. But we do need to let God in. God's light and love can repair us and flow within us. Let us go forth today and have a life centered in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. God, the healer of our every ill, we pray for your Holy Spirit to move through us to make us whole again. Amen.